Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. Welcome to Investing Insights. I'm your host, Ivana Hampton. The first half of 2023 has flipped the script. The Fed has paused interest rate hikes, a bull market seems to have chased away the bear market, and yields on super safe bonds have climbed. So what should investors make up the first six months of the year? Morningstar Inc.'s chief markets editor and smart investor newsletter editor, Tom Loricella, is joining Investing Insights. Let's start with the Fed holding interest rates steady in June, but signaling more to come. Talk about their rationale. Yeah, so what we've seen from the Fed is what a lot of folks are calling a skip, uh, that the Fed has decided to hold rates steady in June after uh, raising rates unchecked since last March. Um, and the thinking is that, they're, that they were just simply skipping the June meeting and will raise rates again potentially in July. Uh, this is different from what people are referring to as a pause or a pivot. Uh, lots of fun Fed-related jargon out there. Uh, the basic idea here is that the Fed needs some time to assess the effect of their interest rate increases on the economy. The phrase we hear a lot is that monetary policy acts with a long and variable lag. Uh, the translation of that is we don't know uh, what kind of an impact all those rate increases, that five percentage points increase in the Fed funds rate will have on the economy. They need some time to see how that will that will affect things. So that's where we are right now in terms of the Fed. Um, and um, the Fed is saying they're going to keep raising rates, uh, just going to be a lot slower pace. We'll have to see. Well, three banks failed in the first half of the year. How is the stress in the banking sector factoring into the Fed's decision? Well, this is an interesting situation. So the Fed acted pretty aggressively uh, back in, in March to um, to try and staunch the bleeding uh, related from those bank failures. Um, we don't seem to have seen a significant impact yet. Uh, Fed Chair Powell said it's still too early to tell. Um, and you know this kind of thing takes a while to filter through into the economy. Um, it seems like the worst of it is over. Um, we haven't seen any other cracks in the banking system. So the, you know, the good news is for the economy is that um, uh, it doesn't seem to be spiraling on. Um, the unknown is to what degree uh, will that filter through. And again, that's part of what the Fed is trying to do here um, is see what kind of an impact all this has on the economy. What makes Fed Chair Jerome Powell believe the path to a soft landing exists in this stage of the inflation fight? Yeah, um, Powell's pointing to um, one of the things that a lot of uh, economists and investors are pointing to, which is a strength in the labor market. Uh, the jobs market has been very resilient, uh, holding in, continuing to post big gains every month in the, in the monthly uh, payroll uh, numbers. Unemployment rate is still very low. Um, so that's that's one of the big reasons that Powell and a lot of others are saying that um, you know we might actually avoid a recession or if we have a recession, it's going to be shallow. Um, it won't be that. It won't be that deep. Um, but the, it's the job market that has surprised a lot of people, um, and it's the jobs market that has Powell optimistic that they can slow the economy, get inflation down, but not end up in a real uh, serious recession. Interest rate hikes could hit a dozen this cycle. What's the outlook for interest rate cuts? Well, it depends who you ask. If you ask the Fed, um, 
uh, interest rate cuts are not on the table at all this year. Um, they've penciled in two more rate cuts at this point uh, through the end. I'm sorry, two more rate increases uh, through the end of the year. Um, other folks in the markets in particular think that's a little less, not so likely. Um, they think that the Fed will start um, cutting rates before we get to the end of the year. Uh, Morningstar's economist Preston Caldwell is one of those folks who thinks that the Fed will start to cut rates by the end of the year as the economy softens and inflation comes down um, with more interest rate decreases next year as we get into 24 and 25. Um, but right now, it's still very much wait and see. Um, as I was just saying, you know, the economy is very strong. And to be honest, for now, inflation is still kind of sticky. So um, it's a definite TBD situation on rate cuts. There was a big rally in stocks to start the year. Are we in a new bull market? Yeah, so this is the the, the probably one of the big surprises of the year is the way to the way in which the stock market overall has posted big gains. Um, by some people's definitions, we're in a new bull market. Uh, there's no official arbiter of what is a bear market, of what is a bull market. It's not like there's a team of people who decide one or the other. Uh, we have to go by conventional uh, you know definitions out there. Um, most people will peg a new bull market as a 20% rally from the low. Um, we've passed that. Some people will say we're not really in a bull market until we surpass the old previous highs. We're not there yet. We're still uh, a good ways away from that. Um, so, you know, at this point, um, with stocks up, you know, in double digits this year, up more than 20% from its low, uh, some folks are saying, here it is, we're back in the bull market, the bear market's over. But something unprecedented is happening under the hood of that rally. What is it, Tom? Yeah, so the interesting thing about this rally is that it's exceptionally narrow. Um, almost the entire gains in the stock market this year are due to just seven stocks. People are calling it the, the Magnificent Seven, uh, lots of other nicknames and acronyms out there. Um, but when you strip away the performance of these seven stocks, that's NVIDIA, Tesla, Meta, the Facebook uh, company, uh, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google slash Alphabet, um, the market's basically flat. And that's a pretty remarkable thing for just seven stocks to be responsible for the entirety of the market's gains this year. Um, it's a very, very unusual situation. We really have never seen this before. How have concentrated stock markets worked themselves out in the past? This is the big question. Um, will this uh, stock market rally broaden out? Or will we be vulnerable to these seven stocks uh, falling back if people feel that their valuations are stretched? By Morningstar standards, already uh, two of those stocks, NVIDIA and Apple, are in overvalued territory. And uh, you know, Meta, Amazon, Microsoft, and Tesla are fairly valued. So you know, at this rate, it would take those stocks pushing into, fur you know, into further uh, more expensive territory or for the rally to broaden out. So, you know, when you have a market this, this concentra concentrated, you've got the risk of it just sort of falling back if those names uh, don't continue on. So it's it's a little bit of a risky situation. I mean, in the end, if you own an index fund, it all pans out the same. You still earn those gains. Um, but in terms of how well it sustains it, most people would say, you know, the market needs to broaden out for this to really continue on. How does the AI boom fit into the stock market's rally? 
So one of the big drivers of the rally um, has been NVIDIA and semiconductor stocks in general. Um, and what we're seeing here is um, knock-on effect from this uh, frenzy around artificial intelligence. It's a little bit of what people would call the pick and shovel approach to investing. You don't necessarily try and pick the end winners, like whether Google's AI search will be better uh, than Microsoft's AI search, um, but you're picking the suppliers. And in this case, one of the key, one of the most important elements to uh, build out artificial intelligence are semiconductor chips. And the companies that are most um, involved in that, heavily heavily involved in that, NVIDIA is probably the, the, the biggest name. They're out in front. And so that's played a big part in, in, in the rally. So we've seen that and some other, other chip makers also do very well. Um, but so, you know, this has been a, a big part of the excitement. Um, it kind of helped rescue tech stocks from the doldrums after last year's, you know, bloodletting um, when these were some of the names that, that were hit the hardest last year. Are there stocks that are more hype than reality when it comes to AI? As with any time when you get a lot of euphoria in the market about a particular topic, uh, you get frenzy. There's also going to be hype and names that get lifted along with that that probably shouldn't be uh, joining in that rally. Uh, for example, one of the names that uh, Morningstar analysts have identified is Palantir. The stock has surged this year. It's the uh, government security software uh, company. And um, our analyst says the AI aspect of this is nebulous. Um, they have always used some AI in their in their products, but why they would boom along uh, to the degree that the stock has uh, doesn't really make sense. So for investors, you know, this is one of those times where you really got to look under the hood and 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 check out the stocks um, and see whether they really will be a beneficiary or if they're just being lifted by hype. So the bond market had a rough 2022. How are bonds performing in 2023? Yeah, so 2022 was the worst bond market in history uh, for, for most of the fixed income market as the Fed jacked up interest rates so substantially and inflation surged. This year has been a different story. Um, bonds are, are doing pretty well. Um, it depends on the type of bond, which is doing better or worse. And we've had some seesaw activity here. Um, but for the most part, it's been a good year. Um, what's interesting is that um, um, investors are moving you know, back into bonds, particularly attracted by high yields. We've written about this a fair amount. You can get uh, very, very high yields, you know, five, five percent plus on the safest U.S. government bonds, um, you know, very short term uh, U.S. treasuries uh, with no credit risk, very little interest rate risk and still be able to earn five percent. Um, that was something that, uh, you know, just two years ago, you would have literally had to buy high yield bonds, risky, you know, the riskiest bonds out there to get anything north of 5%. So the bond market's um, back in better shape. Uh, this is also good news for investors' portfolios. It means that there's some cushion uh, potentially to act for bonds to act as a diversifier if and when the stock market does take a tumble. Um, so in general, it's, 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 it's been a good year for bonds. What's the recommendation for bond investors looking for high yields? So at this point, um, what a lot of folks are saying is that you don't really have to, 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 to stretch into more risky uh, bonds the way you would have. Um, so, you know, whereas, like I was saying, you can, you, before you, you would have to own something with that took default risk or credit risk, um, high yield bonds, um, you know, or even riskier corners of the bond market. Um, but you don't have to do that anymore. And that has some interesting implications for investors actually means in some parts of your portfolio, you can take more risk because if you can earn 5% on a safe investment, perhaps you can actually take a little bit more risk in something that's unrelated, such as the stock market. Um, so 
Um, at this point, you know, many people do think interest rates are probably more likely to go down from here um, than, than continuing to rise substantially. So, um, you know, some of the recommendations are also to move out to longer term bonds to be able to lock in these higher yields on the assumption that a year from now, yields might be a little bit lower. Um, but right now, most people are saying, go for the safe stuff and maybe a little bit longer maturities. What's a takeaway or two investors should keep in mind for the second half of 2023? So as we head into the second half of this year, there's still, um, as, as, as is often the case, some significant unknowns. The biggest question here is whether inflation is going to come down enough for the Fed. Uh, the market seems to really be um, expecting the Fed to be able to start to lower interest rates as we head into next year. If inflation stays high, um, and the Fed really does need to keep rates locked at these levels. Uh, we'll probably need to see some adjustment in, in the markets. Maybe bond yields will head a little bit higher on uh, the stock market. Um, this bull market may start to run out of steam. Um, that's really the biggest question mark at this point is the degree to which the, the, you know, we, we start to see some more progress on inflation coming down. And from there, everything else will really depend from there. On the equity side of things, um, you know, we haven't seen that much of a slowdown in corporate earnings. Um, that will be something that we'll bear watching. Um, one of the things we'll be looking at is uh, to what degree um, this strong labor market companies needing to hire, pay their workers more, actually starts to cut into uh, corporate margins. That can be a little bit of a headwind for stocks. Uh, but in the end, it's all really going to come back to this inflation question. Thanks, Tom, for your time today and providing a mid-year check of the markets. Glad to be here anytime. Be sure to subscribe to the Smart Investor newsletter. You don't want to miss Tom's must-read market commentary. Thanks for checking out Investing Insights. I'm thanking lead technical producer Scott Halver, video producer Daryl Lanner, and senior video producer Jake Vankerson. Subscribe to Morningstar's YouTube channel to see new videos from our team. And you can hear market trends and analyst insights from Morningstar on your Alexa devices. Say, play Morningstar. I'm Ivana Hampton, your host and a senior multimedia editor here at Morningstar. Take care. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of Morningstar Inc. and its affiliates. While this guest may license or offer products and services of Morningstar and its affiliates, unless otherwise stated, he or she is not affiliated with Morningstar and its affiliates. Morningstar does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. Morningstar Research Services is a subsidiary of Morningstar Inc. and is registered with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Morningstar Research Services shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analyses, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decision.